everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rash Pixel FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Nikki. Hello, Pete Wright. How are you? <sighs> I am feeling good. You are. You yes, shared a little bit uh, earlier in the pre-show of why uh, you it, were feeling so good. Well, you know, those who listen to the show may know I'm kind of a movie guy, and I love me some movies. And last night was the high holiday of the uh, U.S. Uh, Academy Awards. Uh, and uh, the, for the first time in more than a decade, my favorite movie actually won. And all of my favorite movies, it was like my fantasy dream roster of my picks. I lose terribly at this thing. You know, you play the game with your friends, you do your picks, and I am, I consistently lose until this year. Um, I won a lot. Yay! I, I won a lot, <laughs> and I'm very excited about that. So, uh, it was a great night. You're not much into, into that. You don't follow quite so zealously, do you? I don't, because most of the time, I have never seen the movies. There's maybe one or two movies that go up for Best Picture that I actually have seen. And uh, and same thing, of course, with the, the best actors and actresses and supporting roles, because those are usually the movies that have been nominated for the Best Picture, and I haven't seen that, so I don't really know, you know... So, yeah, I, I'll tell you know. this year's slate. If if you want a great list of movies to watch that are current, you should look at this slate of nominees because they they really were. I mean, in terms of a representative of, of great movies that are being made uh, this year globally, the uh, international international submissions were fantastic. The The best picture nominees, by and large, were really quite good. It was a great year for movies last year. So uh, there's some there's some good stuff to put on your watch list. I'm very excited about. We're not talking about movies, though, today. Uh, we're talking about leadership, taking on leadership roles in your organization uh, with ADHD. You know, we've talked about a lot of this in terms of, you know, being a, an employee. How do you what are your considerations around disclosure? Um, but, you know, what if you had turned the tables? What if you're the boss and you're living with ADHD? What do you need to think about um, in, in terms of how you manage your team? So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. Get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list. And we will send you an email each time a new episode is released. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And if this show has ever touched you, it's ever helped you change your life for the better, we sure would appreciate it if you consider joining the ADHD podcast group over at Patreon. Patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast is a way for you to throw us a few dollars each month to help us support the long-term development of this show, to do more fun things, to go more places, take part in more uh, national events, and build more resources for the ADHD community as we've been doing for nearly a decade. We deeply appreciate those of you who support us already, and thank you to those uh, who are considering joining the crew. One thing I gotta point out this week, we had our very first brain playgrounder from the group uh, take over this weekend. And uh, so my deepest thanks to Suzanne in the group. What is the brain playground, you're wondering? It's my favorite place on the internet right now. I, you know, we spend so much time in our lives with ADHD trying to find focus and to, to rein it all in and find figure out the systems and to, to make ourselves like pay attention and get work done. And I thought, I want a place where we don't do that at all, where we can just post links without judgment and comment 
to the most amazing things that are on our brain right now today. And so I opened up the Brain Playground. The only person who has permission to post is the person who's in charge of curating the playground that day. And uh, and so, or that weekend, usually it's about three days. So I, I go in and I give you permission and you run with it. You post whatever you want, whatever, wherever your brain will take you. Follow all of the breadcrumbs and uh, post links back and share where your brain goes when it is un, unrestrained, unfettered. And uh, it has been really fun, uh, fun to share and fun to read others. So thanks to Suzanne, our first uh, guinea pig that wasn't me, and looking forward to many others jumping on the brain playground train. It's a, it's a, it is, it's a playground. It's really great. So there you go. All right, Nikki, leadership yes. in the workplace. Yes, leadership in the workplace. So this actually came from a question in Discord and mm -hmm. it was it was a request for us to talk about this. So here we are. So here we are. Here we are. Uh, I'll uh, I'm going to give you just a little bit of background about me very briefly. Uh, I was a uh, I was started in when I got out of broadcasting, I started out in sales and marketing and uh, advertising and I was in that Role. I worked up to a place where I had, you know, 15 business development specialists representing Western states and provinces in Canada. And, uh, uh, you know, I was charged with flying around all these different places, leading this team, developing the business. I moved from there to the communications department at the national level. Uh, I was director over advertising and marketing functions um, and then into public relations. Um, I was a director over new media, which is, you know, reporter relationships uh, working nationally, um, but online. This was a new thing. The company didn't know how to do it. So it was still called new media. Now it's just all media, but it was still new media then. So um, so uh, I have experience working with teams under me, uh, teams of writers and communications experts and designers and specialists, and uh, it was a great part of my career, and uh, it was met with all kinds of the wonderful complications that you can imagine dealing with ADHD, because it was over this period that I, I was diagnosed. I went into this sort of chapter of my life undiagnosed. And then I became diagnosed and had to kind of weather that. What do you, how do you how do you do that once you know a big secret about yourself mm -hmm. that you know you have all these people who are working for you and some of them are very close to you, right? You develop these close working relationships, and you know how do you handle it when you've suddenly got a secret? You know, right, right. Uh, and and so that was uh, that was a tricky part of my life, and so it was. I, I share a lot of this. I know some of you are going through this right now. I. I I share this in the the um, uh, you know in the spirit of please let my life serve potentially as a warning for others. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so you know you're here you are you're living with ADHD and and so the big question is can ADHDers nab management and leadership roles right I mean if you're sitting with with ADHD and you've never applied for a role that involves having a team, or you've never been assigned somebody to work for you, you you may be thinking, oh my gosh, of course, I'm never going to get a job like that. I'm too disorganized. I'm too whatever, limiting belief, limiting belief, limiting belief. Right. And I, I have to assure you, that is not the case. A lot of leaders, company leaders, are living with ADHD. And if you join those ranks, you will not be alone. Right, right. Um, and, and in fact, I did a Google search just out of curiosity. And I typed my boss, 
H, right? And I was, I started thinking has, my boss has ADHD, but I just stopped at H and you know the recommended results. Number three, my boss has ADHD. That is, that's um, pretty ironic, isn't it? Right. <laughs> I, it, it is, uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, it uh, is. That, uh, and, and, but, you know, it, it starts to make sense as you start to pull apart the, the pieces. So if you're listening to this, you're already worlds ahead right, of, of those who take on leadership roles and, and don't even know that they're living with ADHD, right? Correct. You're, you're probably in a camp, if you're listening to this, that you you recognize the ADHD behaviors, even if you don't have a, a, a diagnosis yourself. You recognize it in yourself, and you recognize that the tools that we talk about on this show are useful for managing whatever behaviors that you exhibit. That's, That's right. great. You're That's in right. a great position. Uh, the, the thing about taking on a leadership role, and when you think about the opportunities before you, uh, it is really easy to lead with HD or without when the wind's at your back, you know, when when everything is going so well, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to take on a job in a, in a great, uh, when the market's great and everybody's happy, people like each other, they like their jobs. The biggest question you have to ask is, do I have what it takes to bring people together when things are going wrong? Right. When the company is making decisions that you might not agree with, when there are rifts in the team, because that's when your ADHD is going to be the most challenged. There will be many things you don't want to talk about. You don't want to think about. It will be easy to get distracted and uh, let that get in the way of the work. Well, and I think it's a good point. You really have to sit back and, and ask yourself, are you a leader? Are you a natural leader? Is this something that you're interested in? Are you interested in managing other people? Are you okay with making decisions? That Because other people, as soon as you start managing other people, people are going to look to you to answer their questions. And so do you, do you want to be in that role? And, you know, with or without ADHD, you have to really get to the core of, is this a job you really want? Yes. It's really tricky because many of us, I think, gravitate toward these sorts of opportunities because they are rationalizations or they are um, they are somehow um, paying off the the struggle that we've had, right, living with ADHD to this point that somehow we're we're paying out. Right. The house is paying us back for all that hard work. So we're going to take this job because it's a promotion, not because it's the right promotion. Right. Yeah. Because it always seems like that's the logical next step. Like that's the next tier in your uh, work hierarchy, right? Of wherever you're at. Yeah. But you do. I mean, yeah, you do have to think, is it is it the right job? Um, and there are perks, right? There are yeah. perks with all of with all of these promotions. There are perks like, you know, maybe it's the simple stuff. Maybe it's infrastructure. Maybe it's, oh, I get an office. I get a door that I can right. close. Right. That's the panacea, right? That's the thing I've been looking for all along is a way to close the door so I can get my job done. But what you're not recognizing is that that's not the job anymore. And and that's uh, that, you know, whatever you were planning for was based on those constraints that you or those expectations that you had before. So really understanding and, and coming clear headed to this decision is is super important. Well, and I just want to say again, you know, you you said, can I can I have these jobs? Absolutely. I mean, if you if this is the right job and this really sounds interesting to you and what's holding you back is the fear of some of the ADHD challenges, then let's confront that because you really can you can do anything you want to do. We just have to figure out, you know, where what are your fears 
and work through those. But don't, if uh, my suggestion is don't just say no right away because you fear that you're disorganized. Right, right. Absolutely. And I I think what you, you know, when you balance that, some of the resources that you get just naturally by going into a leadership role um, can certainly help with that and indeed become, dare I say, a little bit addictive to somebody with ADHD. One of those, and I want to start with this, the very first thing that I got when I I was promoted into management was an assistant, was somebody who was in charge of the details of my life, somebody who was not living with ADHD, was super organized, who had been working in the department for 20 years and uh, was loved the job, loved the work. We got along great. And she just got me through the day, uh, manage all the communication, the schedules, extraordinarily helpful with outsourcing the parts of the ADHD that would get me in trouble, right? And the benefit of that is huge. It lets the ADHD drive a little bit. You can, you can, uh, you know, hyper-focus on new projects. You can bring energy, creativity, spontaneity. It's, you get to just sort of improvise. Uh, and that feels really good. It lets you sort of come off the leash because you have, you've taken the part of your brain that you've always struggled with and you've given it to somebody whose whole brain is better than yours at that. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge gift. <laughs> it's right. a huge it gift. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's stunning. And so, um, you know, not obviously not every new leadership or management position uh, is will have an assistant, but there is a way to think about teamwork and outsourcing those sorts of activities from your brain to those who do it better once you are working on a team. The negative is that it, it's not long before you habituate to the outsourced brain. And, and it's a little bit scary when somebody goes on vacation and you suddenly find, oh, I have to do a lot of this on my own. And that and is... And I forgot how to do it. I forgot how to do it. <laughs> I don't know how to do it or I just stop doing it. Like the when when she's gone, the work just doesn't get done. And so that's totally that's how hard I to felt do. last week. My assistant was on vacation and uh, I know I, I thought, do I do a Facebook post? I don't yeah, know. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Am I even on Facebook? <laughs> uh, it, it's hard. I, now, I would say we're going to talk about this big question next, but uh, I, I want to say, you know, clearly, I, I think you come clean to your assistant about your ADHD. So let's call that table stakes. If you know you have a diagnosis of ADHD, uh, you're going to it's going to take teamwork to figure out how to navigate a complex position, whether you're a project manager, or team leader, or department leader, division leader, whatever, it's hard to do. And uh, transparency is is important, right? Delegation the, is hard. What if you, if you tell your assistant, but you don't tell anybody else, like, how do you, you know? Yeah, figure, get, figure that out. I mean, f- frankly, you have to make that judgment, but I don't, if you have a bad assistant, an assistant you can't trust, an assistant that you feel like you're not building a relationship of of uh, mutual trust, then you're, you, you need to figure out assistant. how to, yeah, you have the wrong assistant, <laughs> right? Right. right. Um, so uh, delegation is hard, right? It and, is. and that is the number one skill that you need to figure out when you make this transition, get good at it, practice doing it so your assistant can, can effectively help you and that you can work effectively with your team. You will say things like, oh, uh, it's just easier if I do it myself or I'm, I know how I want it done and, and they don't know how I want it done or, or I can't ask them to do it now. It's too late. I, I missed the deadline to hand this off and now I just have to do it myself. Yeah, all of that's really hard. Or it takes too much time to train them. Yeah. 
Yeah, takes I've too much. Absolutely, too. absolutely. It just takes too much time to to tell them how to how I want it done, and and all of that is it's natural. You're gonna say it, and it's all stuff you have to move past. You have to figure out getting good at it. Getting good at delegation means becoming a leader, right? It means becoming a a smarter and more efficient leader, so that you can do the things that your your organization is counting on you to do, right? That's why you're here. Um, so the, the question, do you tell your team? What do you think about this? It really, I, and I know people are going to just be like, oh, stupid answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it really depends on the culture of the company. Um, you know, if you're, if you're in a financial uh, type of job where either like you're a financial advisor, your accountant, your, um, I don't know. I mean, those, in, there's some industries that you just kind of think of as being very conservative. Um, it would probably, I would say no, don't, you don't need to, unless you have to, right. I, I don't think it's going to serve any purpose. Um, because you just don't know how somebody is going to respond to you and it could be negative. It could backfire. However, if you're in a creative environment, you're in a startup, you're in um, somewhere. I mean, I don't know what it's like to work at Google or any of these like Twitter or any of these places. I assume just from what I see that they're going to be more laid back and a little bit more. They want you to be there all the time, but they're going to be a little bit more. I mean, they're creative, right? They want forward thinking and um, I just really think it depends on who you're working with and how comfortable you are in the environment. And I suppose I would I would also ask the question is, you know, why? Why why do you want to say anything? What's the purpose? Um, and if you can answer those questions and you really have, you know, a good reason of, of sharing this with your team or, you know, people on your team that have ADHD and this is going to help them in some way too, then it could be a really positive thing. It's just such a individual question, Pete. It, you know, it just really depends on where you work. So I'm, I'm conflicted on this too, but I definitely lean toward transparency. And I'll tell you why. Fundamentally, moving into a leadership role is different than being um, a, an employee not in a leadership role, right? Where you have to be concerned about, um, you know, things like, the, the kinds of things that we've been talking about over the last several weeks that put you in a place of of um, uh, suspicion that your job is on the line, you're concerned that people are not, you know, you're not doing your job or people don't think you can do your job. Um, if you are getting a, a leadership position, if you're a candidate for a leadership position, it, it's different, right? You've already demonstrated that you can get a job done. Right. That, that you're in a different place. The thing that burns you and that I've seen more times than I can count is when a leaders, uh, you know, when one of my peers, when I was on a management team, a director's team uh, for our Western region, uh, their reputation would start being talked about at the water cooler, right? That is disastrous. When you hear people say, oh, did you catch Bob? He's so impulsive, right? You can't ever see which way he's coming from. His team hates him, right? His team can't trust him. He's always canceling meetings. He's late to stuff. Uh, that is disastrous for somebody's leadership career. It's disastrous. It's the end. It is. It's distract it, it would be a bad thing regardless if you have ADHD or not. Anybody that's leading in that way is not leading correctly because you if you are going to take a leadership role, 
I would have to say you have to have your ADHD, you know, intact. You're going to have to figure out how do you get to those meetings on time, having those systems and those accommodations in place. Of course, which is why I led with that, right? That's, of, of course, you're going to be there. But if your ADHD is is on lock, right, and you you have the accommodations in place and you 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 can probably get away with, with not disclosing, but there are some also some real benefits to letting your team know once you get to the point where you, you know each other, you understand each other, and frankly, you may need to count on them knowing to help you help them get their jobs done, right? right? right. It creates a very different kind kind of conversation when you enable yourself to have a conversation with them that says, here's how you I need you to engage with me and how I'll engage with you so that we can both meet deadlines and do great work together. And and that is incredibly important. You want to avoid putting yourself in a position in which your team is going to start um, taking care of you, not giving you all the information because they don't think you can handle it, right? Where you don't want to have your team start saying things like, don't, don't give them more than three things to talk about. They'll never be able to keep it all straight, right? Show them pictures. They don't know how to read. They're trying to figure out how to manage you, manage up, so they can get their job done because what they see in you is you're in the way. Whether or not you decide I'm going to come clean with my ADHD, I think it's incredibly important to go through a list of things that determine how you want to be worked with uh, on the job. And uh, we're going to, I want to walk through some of these ideas and things that have worked for me in the past. Now, what what were you going to say? Like, I could just see it go both ways. I could see being transparent and them understanding what's going on. But then I can also see them knowing that they have ADHD and saying these same things. Yeah, but when you're hearing somebody say it out of disrespect, it's a very different thing. When they're saying it, when when your assistant comes into you and says, hey, did you take your meds today? That's one thing. Well, sure. When somebody else is telling you, hey, Bob didn't take his meds today. He's crazy. Yeah, that's disrespectful. And that's not the kind of relationship you want to have with the organization. No, it's not. So I I just I just it's just I'm conservative um, when it comes to this, because I just I don't trust people. (laughs) I don't trust how they're going to necessarily respond. And again, I really think it depends on the work environment. I just think it depends on who you work with and what their personalities are. And I would love people to be more transparent, but I also have seen it so many times where it, it didn't go very well. So I don't know. It's hard. It's so hard. Well, it is hard, but I, I, I tend to be, um, you know, just because of my experience, right? I've, I've, for 12 years, I worked with teams that, that where transparency was better. Transparency always worked out better for me. Yeah. Oh, it always is better. It's always better if you have open minded people who are willing to be open about what you're telling them. You get closed minded, fixed mindset people, and they may very well hold that against you or in their mind have it back there and not have it, you know, go in your favor. 
So it's yeah, it's tough. Well, let me let me continue my yes, thread here please. because we're getting a little bit sidetracked. Um, I, I think the presentation that is most important and we can say in my experience, it, it usually comes with, um, you know, I'm living with ADHD and here is here are some things you need to know about me. But you don't have to open with I'm living with ADHD. You can open Mm-mm. with here are some things you know about me. This is right? how I work. This is right. my style. Absolutely. Let's start with communication style. Why is it important for working with me that you understand how I work? Am I better on the phone? Am I better with email? Am I better with texts? Am I a visual person or an auditory person, right? Is it better for you to leave me a voicemail so that I can hear the information multiple times? Or do you need to send me an email so I can read and engage with it? That's an important thing for your team to understand whether or not you disclose that you have ADHD. And that's How- where I go. That's my, That's where I stand, is that can you do that first without disclosing the ADHD? I don't know. How can you best get my attention for urgent matters? Am I going to pay attention to notifications on my phone or am I going to ignore those? Is, am I not going to notice my phone is is in my pocket? Do you need to actually interrupt me in meetings? Would a tap on the shoulder uh, and, you know, pull me aside? Is that the best way to get in touch with me on urgent meetings? Or can you trust that I'll, I'll notice something on my watch? They need to know that, right? Uh, how can you best communicate complex topics that need my focus? Right. That's another huge one. And I am a big believer that distilling information that is important just because it's complex down to two or three sentences does a disservice to the job. Right. If it's something that I need to know, I need to know it. Right. I don't need the comic book version of it. I need to know the detail. I just need to understand the context so I can best Find the time to engage in it and the environment to engage in it. So let's talk about that, right? Let's talk about that because I'm coming at you from a perspective of knowing I have ADHD. I want you also to know that I have ADHD, my personal preference, so that we can have a conversation on even ground and not feel like we're hiding anything there. Uh, What are my most productive and focused hours? Uh, will you find me in the office at six in the morning? Because that's a great time to to reach me. You know that I'll be quiet and alone. Uh, or am I going to be coming in late, generally, around 10 or 11? And am I going to be working in the evening? Understanding that we'll get all the ventilation stuff worked out. Right. <laughs> um, how can your team expect new ideas to come from you and land on their desks? That was always a very difficult one for me because uh, before I was diagnosed, uh, I would just throw ideas at people when they came to me. <laughs> it was very sort of improvisational. And I was always, I was like the office space guy, you know, oh, we should totally do this. Can you come in on Saturday? Let's do this. Right. And that's a that's not a, a great thing, um, a, you know, for building a, a trusting relationship, right? It feels like I'm out to sabotage them every single day. But just because I'm improvising all the time, I'm fireworks, you know, when I'm excited about something, I'm really excited about it. And I want to be excited excited about it. It's hard to do that when people are also trying to do their jobs. They have their own things that they're trying to do as part of the team. How do you manage your flow of new ideas so that they can respond to you? And related, what do you as a leader expect from them in determining, right, cost, schedule, and performance variables, right? What what needs to happen? What needs to be in place to actually start a brand new thing or change something that, that uh, um, you know, you had this brainstorm in the shower and you just really want them to explore it? Like, what? how do they know to get you information that will show how reasonable your brand new idea is. Uh, that's a, that is a challenging thing to do, and you need to have be able to have a transparent conversation about those expectations up front. 
otherwise, it just builds resentment. That's, that's all it does. Uh, how do you best frame deadlines and due dates for key decisions? Right. This is another one that gets back to your personal accommodations. If somebody says, you know, we're, we, we'll be able to get this to you by March. What is your as a leader assumption? Right. Is it uh, is that March 1st? Is that March 15th? Is that March right. 30th? Is that even March this year? Is that it, when you just say March, I will not be thinking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to forget because months mean nothing to me. Uh, but if you give me a more specific detail, something I can put in my calendar, I'll be able to stay on top of it. And I think there are some interpersonal ones that are uh, that are important, too, that I started doing that I had to have some I got burned a little bit because I, I feel like I didn't set up expectations properly. Um, you know, when I would be sitting in a meeting and I would pick up a fidget, something to play with in my fingers, if if my team did not understand me, they would walk out of that meeting frustrated that I wasn't paying attention. But as soon as I started sharing with them, hey, I'm doing this so that I can keep my brain on track, that changes the the temperament of the room, right? As soon as they understand why. Same thing with, um, you know, I'm standing up. Right. I stand up during meetings because I have to keep moving or I'm I'm a walking meeting guy. Let's you want to have a meeting with me for 15 minutes. Let's go walk around the the building. Uh, Let's change the environment so that we can we can engage and keep all those neurons firing. And, And finally, you know, I set, you know, audible or vibrating alarms to remind me that our meeting is over. And that's not a sign of disrespect for you. It's a sign of respect for the person I'm talking with immediately after you. I need to move on. And so if there's more to talk about, let's schedule another time when you can trust that I'll be as respectful for you as I am to the person that I'm about to meet because I'll have set an alarm to remind me to do that. Setting those as those kinds of things as table stakes for your team uh, can go miles toward building a, a team of trust and respect um, that that is mutual right? That is mutual between you. And they'll start to share with you. And, you know, you will find, I guarantee, there are people on your team who are struggling with ADHD too, and they deeply will love that you're setting these kinds of, of boundaries and will feel more comfortable to do it themselves. That communication is is very, very, it needs to be very clear and open. And um, no, I, I think all of that is really great. Uh, you it's important not just to look at this as an interpersonal thing right it's it's important to look at it as a as a team thing how can you build structures into your leadership that highlight your ADHD strengths so that you can best contribute as a leader. So uh, things like how do you manage creativity and energy on a team level, right? The mood of the team. Uh, We know ADHD comes with lots of energy and spontaneity. How do you bring that into regular meetings and projects without frustrating your team, without it feeling like, oh, Pete's just going to throw 50 new ideas at us again today. It's a real sort of asteroid storm of a meeting. People will hate that. But uh, if it is uh, an experience where you can and and you know what what I started to do when I was on the the uh, advertising marketing team this is a team that is constantly having to come up with great new ideas uh, and so we would start uh, we would gate our upfront thinking time right we would say we have a project we have some deadlines that we need to meet for new creative or for new um, insights and I was getting in trouble because I would have 
new insights and new thoughts and new things I'd like to try up to the day we're due to deliver new creative to our, uh, you know, I'd be changing copy at the very last minute. I'd be changing voiceovers at the very last minute. People hated me for that. But as soon as I said, you know what, I'll make you a deal. I'm going to gate our our, uh, upfront thinking process and I'm going to step out of the way uh, at a certain point, like I'm at that drop dead date. This is just smart management. But for me, it's it it was a trigger for my ADHD. It said, okay, I I'm going to be done. I need to have something to replace this on my mind so that I'm no longer in creative idea generation mode. Uh, and on this project, I can move into idea generation on another project. I need to replace myself here so that the people who are who, who are actually building assets can build their assets. And that uh, was hugely helpful for everybody to understand that Pete's done now. Pete has done all of the, the free fire stuff, and he's moved on. So we're, we are able to go in and actually design and create, and, and we know that Pete's going to be back to review, but he won't be throwing us new ideas. So those kinds of, of uh, that was a kind of a structure that I put into our creative process that was super helpful. Um, an idea that I never did, but I always loved, and this one is deeply dependent on your uh, team, uh, is the what what I am attributing to Sean Blanc, the sweet setup work schedule. And I think he got it from Scandinavia, some sort of a, a Scandinavian work structure where they work. Uh, his whole team works for six weeks straight, very hard, and then they all take a week off. It is a, a team-based work sprint. That's and cool. I love it. Yeah, I just, that's smart. I love it. I've never done it. I've never tried it. But I think that is putting hyper-focus to work for your team, right? right? right. That you're, you're leveraging uh, all of this in, in a way that's, that's really, um, that's designed to both engage the energy of the brain and free it at the end. Mm-hmm. I think creating a culture of invention and honesty is important. And I struggle with this one a little bit. Uh, we we always had a wall of pride, right? We had our our clips wall, uh, where which was great. Any you know articles that we had posted that that reporters did uh, for us, we would you know print them out and put them up on the wall. We would get high quality prints of all the ad creative that we'd done that that was working, and we kind of buried the the stuff that that didn't work for whatever reason, but. I always wanted to put up a, a a celebrated kind of wall of I don't like the the word shame the wall of shame campaign things that didn't work things that we weren't proud of just so we could we could share and laugh about them and say you know remember when we tried that thing with the pink duck yeah that didn't work but look what it led to mm-hmm. uh, and and I think that's that's the piece that is most exciting to me is how do you create the energy around, um, you know, the the spark, right? The creativity, the insights that come from all of the things that we've created, not just the things that were successful. Uh, so I uh, always wanted to create a wall of shame. I never, we never actually managed to do it. Celebrating simple solutions in terms of invention. ADHD brain loves simple things. If you can help your team find simple processes, put those on your wall of pride, right? Put those, like even if it's a, an accounting thing that you manage to, to take five steps out of, if it's a receipt scanning tool that you did for expense reporting, whatever it is, celebrate those because uh, that's you're you're leveraging your ADHD insights at the team level, helping them celebrate quick things, simple things that solve quick problems. 
And finally, uh, cycles of feedback. I think embracing the 360 is really important. And I wonder, did you, I mean, you have experience with mm-hmm. 360 Yeah, reviews. I thought it was great. And, yeah. and it's I'm, nice to be able to give feedback to your supervisor. Um, yeah. And uh, because we had a group that was, I mean, obviously he knew it, he didn't know who it was coming from. So that was always good too, because yeah. you could be really honest. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it you you can't lead if you don't know how you're perceived from all around you. Right. I think that's really important when to to get that feedback. And it's incredibly hard. It's incredibly hard to hear news that that isn't, you know, unanimously applauding your greatness. Right. Uh, as as a leader, especially if you're new at it. And I think that leads to to the our, you know, rejection, the the RSD topic that is now a perennial favorite, right? Re- rejection and respect. Uh, the, the biggest emotional challenge for me was always uh, figuring out you know, whether or not my team liked or respected me at any given moment, right? That's the first thing I, th- I think about is what is it that is going to help them respect me, right? As a leader, how am I going to earn their respect? Uh, and it, it takes me back to one of my, to my first therapist, uh, which said to me, I don't remember any. I don't actually remember his name. I remember he wore a lot of brown, <laughs> and he said, he said to me one day, he said, uh, uh, "Your power ends with your skin. You can only influence that which you can touch. Right? That which you can, that which you can touch. Your power ends with your skin. Show and share respect." for others because you have no control over whether others respect you. You you have to do your best to let go of that. All you can do is demonstrate your respect, communicate clearly to others. People will lose respect for leaders who disappear, who hide, who fail to communicate. Even if you're doing a clumsy job of all of those things, as long as you show up and try, people will notice and they will respect that, right? More than anything else, when you're the manager or a leader of a team, you are the mover of rocks and the carrier of water. And that is uh, a, a, a mental model that I've had in my head for years. They will remember less about your day-to-day interactions with them than they will about your ability to be present and solve the biggest of their problems when it counts. Can you show up and clear the road so that they can do jobs better? If you can do that, then you will earn their respect and you will earn clear-eyed admiration. All of it comes as a reciprocal gift of what you give to them. So whether you have ADHD or not, um, I I hope some of this can act as a meditation of how you approach, um, you know, taking on new leadership roles. It can be incredibly exciting. Mm -hmm. It can be incredibly exciting. so, and a lot of, I mean, think? just as a job itself, a lot of variety, a lot of different situations, a lot. I mean, there's just a lot of uh, really positive things that can come from being a leader. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, Good stuff. I, I just, I just happened to glance at the chat room, which I don't normally do during the recording, but I do. We do have a question that I feel like I opened uh, with kind of an open-ended story, and here we are now at the end. Uh, Pete, I hope you're going to sum all of this up with why you decided to stop being a leader. 
Oh, and that's a kind of that's kind of a good question. That is a good question. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, just over a decade ago, I I was my role at the time was director of corporate communications. Uh, It was a national job. And I was I the company had changed in some pretty significant ways. And I spent a lot of time on planes and writing uh, apologetic press releases and um, distributing those to the media and working with reporters fighting fires in a way that no longer was healthy to me. And uh, in at the same time, I was hiring a lot of people to push buttons and, uh, you know, create wonderful videos and uh, explore new technologies for advertising and communications. And I was very excited about that. And I found myself really longing to, to actually be the guy who pushes buttons. And I, I literally, without a net, I called uh, my boss, who was the, the chief communications officer, and I said, I'm, I thank you for all the opportunity. Uh, I have to leave. And that was the end. Mm. And uh, I was able to be around to drive carpools, and I was able to watch my kids grow up. And, and uh, that was an incredible, incredible gift for me. But it was terrifying. and. Um, so that's that's why I left. It was not not because I don't like being a, a leader anymore, um, but because well, you're of a leader. You're just a leader in a different way now. I mean, you you know, you've got your own entrepreneur company that you lead. Well, I, I thank you. I appreciate that. I I like to I like to think so. So it's just very different, right? It's it's very it's a very different scope. But I hope some of this helps. Uh, again, please let my life serve as a warning for others. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it's a good uh, life. Sure, good. sure. Appreciate uh, all of you hanging around and and listening to this meditation on leadership. Now, coming up soon, we are going to be having somebody talk about the entrepreneurial experience, right? So, which kind of spins off of some of the things I was thinking about as I was putting together my notes for today. Uh, all of this is uh, leading to us kind of wrapping up our workplace uh, ADHD experience. What are we doing next week, though? So next week it's going to be uh, a little bit about working from home because you and I both do that. Uh, which is going to lead into the entrepreneur conversation that we're going to have with Linda Walker the following week. But we also got some follow-up questions uh, that were on Discord that are just so good. And and I think that one person had like maybe four questions in one little message. And I'm like, these are great. And so this is what I want to really focus on next week as we kind of start to start to wrap up the workplace stuff. We still have a good. couple of weeks. It's been a good series. But yeah, a yeah, couple yeah. of weeks. So if you have any questions, drop them in the um, in uh, Discord, either in um, Show Talk or Show Requests. Show Talk is probably a good place for, for those kinds of things. So drop, a, drop us your questions in preparation for next week's show. And uh, thank you, everybody, for hanging out and talking about uh, leadership today. Thank you, everyone. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next time right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. 